The Golden Gate Bridge has been dubbed the most popular place to commit suicide in the entire world. The deck is approximately 245 feet above the water. And after a four-second fall, jumpers hit the water at roughly 76 miles per hour. Really, really horrible. Reports suggest that since the bridge opened in 1937, over 1,200 people have died. Only 26 or so have survived, although there's no real way to no actual numbers. <clears throat> many, many people have been lost on that bridge. But Meg Hutchinson, who is <clears throat> a local artist, wrote a song about how lives have been changed on that bridge. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Meg Hutchinson and her music over the last few years, thanks to Lelena. She said about herself once <clears throat> that she writes really catchy songs about really depressing topics. Obviously, it's no less true of this particular song. But while you and I <clears throat> have been engaging in this ongoing conversation about community, this song, and actually one of my favorites of hers, continues to take on new meaning for me because its title, Gatekeeper, has a word for us. It has a message that applies to each and every one of us if our mission calls us to not only create community, but to sustain vibrant community. And so if you'll indulge me for just a moment. I want to invite you to listen to that song. Is that okay? i 
over there You can make it through today If you dare the story of a San Francisco motorcycle patrolman named Kevin Briggs. Through sheer compassion and extraordinary listening skills, Briggs, who has been called the guardian of the Golden Gate, has helped to convince over 200 jumpers who are literally on the edge of death not to take their own life. Over 200 people. He manages not only to do so calmly, but while sometimes standing for hours in heavy fog or bone-chilling winds. When he reaches them, he asks three questions. How are you feeling? What are your plans for tomorrow? Can I help you make some? And of course, it, and you can hear it in the song, he also says, you know, let's try this out first. And if at any point you feel like you need to make another journey here, then we'll deal with that when the time comes. Let's, let's work together now. By these simple words, he does a remarkable thing. He doesn't get 
in the path of, he doesn't get in front of these folks who are really struggling, but he gets on the journey with them. You know what I mean? He gets on the journey with people who aren't sure what's going to happen next and who at the same time believe that life as they know it needs to end. He somehow figures out how to unlock the door to a space that these jumpers have either never known or have long lost familiarity with. And in that moment, because of who he is called to be along their respective journeys, life as they know it actually does end. But a new life for them begins. The thing that I appreciate most about Officer Briggs is that he has made it a part of his life's work to meet people where they are. No matter how scary or messy or inconvenient or awkward. No matter the lives lived by the people he's managed to walk off of that bridge with, no matter the ways those lives will change, once they actually start to answer some of those questions, his framework is the same. It's as though he is saying, my life is bound up in your life. Your life is bound up in mine. So I'm going to let you know who I am, what I care about. And then I'm going to get out of the way. So you can be who you need to be. Say what you need to say. Be heard in ways that perhaps you've never been heard before. And at the end of the day, you'll live. Live. Truly live. Every time I hear Hutchinson's lyric, I'm reminded of the ways so many of us are neither seen nor heard. And the impact that that has on our willingness or our desire to stick around. Right? Not seen or heard. It's the point in sticking around. This incredibly moving story of the lives that Briggs has touched could be the story of any person, anybody, whose ability to live life in its fullness is effectively cut off the minute they walk into homes or their jobs or, God forbid, their churches. This could be the story of anybody whose ability to live life in their fullness is cut short the minute the doors to any of those places were slammed in their faces. One of the people Officer Briggs helped off that bridge was interviewed in about 10 years later, actually. He said that he had never felt free enough to explore his purpose in life before that day. Never. He was 23 years old at the time. And he was 33 at the time of that interview. He had done some incredible things in his life, both before and certainly since that day. And he owed it all 
for this one person who offered an opening, an opportunity to be and exist in a different way. Those of you who may recall the last time we were together, these, this sermon series is really inspired by Where the Edge Gathers, which is a book by um, Yvette Flunder. Bishop Flunder suggests that the object of getting free is being free, and that the object of being free is living free. Living free. But oh, how we get in the way of living free at church sometimes. <laughs> Am I right? There's a formula and a way, and it just can't be changed, right? Come on now, I know I'm talking to a couple of people who understand. <laughs> the formula and a way, and it just can't be changed no matter who shows up, from where or why. But with this desire to build and maintain beloved community comes this often and yet brilliant opportunity to do exactly what Officer Briggs has been doing since 1994. He actually just retired last year. To listen without the prejudices that our own language and lived experiences create. Almost like we can't help it, right? We, we get wired in certain ways and that's, that's the way it is and that's what makes sense and so that's what we're going to do and, and that's okay. But I got a lesson, a real lesson in how to do things differently and how to listen differently and to be present in a different way. I got that lesson just yesterday when during a workshop called Building a Vocal Community. Dr. Issei Barnwell, have folks heard of Issei Barnwell? Issei Barnwell was, uh, has been a member, was a member of Sweet Honey in the Rock for 37 years, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, really incredible. And, and she just retired from the group, but she continues to do these workshops about building vocal community. And so yesterday, we were at First Church Boston all day, or most of the day, and she did this incredible thing. She split us up, and I guess, I don't know, maybe there were 100 people there, something like that. She split us up into maybe four or five sections, um, and each section began to sing this chant that she taught us. I am not teaching chant. I'm not doing it this morning. Maybe another service. <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, but she taught us all this chant. It's the same chant. But each of the sections started the chant at different times. And, you know, when we were able to let go of whatever it was we thought we were supposed to be getting out of the experience, whenever we just put all that stuff down, we not only heard new rhythms, but we heard new melodies different music started to come up out of what seemed like one melody that we'd all learned. We found something deeper and bigger than ourselves when we could bring our whole selves. Did everybody hear that? 
We found something deeper and bigger than ourselves when we were actually able to bring our whole selves and not worry or stress about it. Just do you, as my sister likes to say sometimes. Just, just do you. Okay, I'll try. But all 100 of us managed to do that yesterday, and it was stunning. When we were worried about where we were coming in, when we were stressed about whether or not the section coming before or after us was coming in at the right time, it just wasn't coming again. But when folks just sang, marvelous thing happened. And he says words, we have to relax enough to allow humanity to speak. Do you remember the last time um, we were together, I said something about how building beloved community calls each of us to receive an invitation to take other perspectives into ourselves and hold them with care. Do folks kind of remember me saying something like that? Do we remember why that's important? I'm not going to pick on anybody, I promise. It's, it's important not because it matters that we believe all of the perspectives that we take in and, and hold with care. It's important because some of those understandings and beliefs may resonate deeply with the person we're sitting next to. Thank you for that word, Gwen. We heard you this morning. Heard you. See, in order for peace and justice to live and breathe among a people as varied as our lived experiences are, it's not enough for us to show up. It's a good start. I'm glad you're here. It's not even enough to say we want to be here. Although that's really important too. It's how we settle ourselves into the moment of connection and keep that moment alive that allows the next chapter of the story to get written. It's the only way it gets written. We settle into this moment of connection, this, this opportunity to not only build beloved community, but to make it last by not shying away from asking questions and delving deep into all of the stuff that makes this vision and this mission so beautiful and so hard. You gotta be open enough to receive whatever comes and actually do something about the answers that we get. Because it literally is a matter of life or death. We get up and we come every Sunday and in every other day that we make our way here. And for some of us, that's incredibly easy and beautiful and brilliant. For some of us, it's not. Some of us, it's hard. Some of us aren't even here yet because it's too hard or because we're not sure we're gonna get what we need right? It is literally that significant and that important. 
Just last week, I had the pleasure of being invited to uh, part of a conversation led by a student association at Harvard Divinity School about taking steps towards trans justice on their campus. Um, the energy in the room was actually kind of mind-blowing because they weren't sure how many people would show up. And, you know, there were, what, 30, 40 people in this room. And folks weren't entirely sure what needed to be done, but they were really clear that the lives of every student at HDS is impacted when the people of every gender experience is not treated with dignity and respect. That they were clear about. And so they were willing to ask hard questions. They've come together and they're gonna keep asking these questions about how to build safety and support for trans and gender nonconforming folks and, and to weave that into the very fabric of the community, not just to enrich the lives of a few folks in the here and now, but to lay a foundation for justice love that will last for generations. Matter of life, death. In the bridge of the song, Hutchinson sings that maybe every day, in ordinary ways, we hold each other on and keep each other here. In ordinary ways, we can hold each other on, not, not up. I actually used to think it said we used to hold each other up and keep each other near. That's not what it says. We hold each other on, grounded, ready to live into the fullness of this community by making a home here. And we keep each other here, here, in our midst, as much and as often as we can. You see, often we think of gatekeepers as guards at a high gate, keeping it shut and discouraging everyday folks on the outside from coming inside. Hutchinson offers a new vision for the term by Briggs' example. Being a gatekeeper isn't at all about shutting people out. You know what? Can I come down there? Be a little bit closer to you as I finish up. I see you when I'm up there. See, it's not about shutting people out. The message in that song and the message for all of us is that being a gatekeeper actually means knocking the door down. Knocking the door down so that it's open all the time to receive what each of us brings into this place. And then and only then can we ask those questions that are brilliant and hard. How are you feeling? What are your plans for tomorrow? Can we help you make some? What are your questions going to be in this place?
what do you need other folks to know in order for you to be here and stick around? We need each other. Do you hear me? We need each other. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Kevin Briggs wasn't afraid. Let his be an example for all of us. Amen. Ashe. And blessed be.